Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Sports and Ish with Misty B and Vince Edwards. We have an amazing guest again joining us this week. We have Peanut Jordan. Welcome to our podcast. Tell us a little bit Thank about you. yourself. Uh, there's nothing really much to tell about me. I appreciate you guys having me first off, but uh, me, I'm just a, a guy trying to continue to dream of being an old ball coach, as they call it. Daddy? Right. <laughs> Daddy? <laughs> How depth do you want me to go? How depth do you want me to go about me? As in, as in a deaf you want, man. The viewers are trying to get to know who you are. So go oh, ahead. Okay. Right. You guys want to hear my whole story? Sure. All right. So my whole story started like this. Uh, I grew up, so I was born in Oklahoma. I grew up in Las Vegas. And uh, mm-hmm. when I moved to Vegas, I started like 10. And as I moved to Vegas, um, that's when I kind of started getting into basketball. Before the baseball. And as a baseball guy, um, that's kind of Kind of what you did in Oklahoma was like baseball and football. And so moving to Vegas, everybody played basketball. But I had a basketball background and my dad played basketball, so I so forth. But anyway, my dad realistically sat down with me and told me, he said, Listen, I'm this tall, your mom's this tall. So this is kind of what what you have to look forward to. So Wait, how how tall are they? Uh my dad's like five seven on a good day, maybe. My mom's like <laughs> five, five. I, I'm, I'm okay. barely 5'8". I'm barely 5'8", to be honest. Right? So, five, eight. All right, got you, got you. We're going to let this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, all right, cool. How can I, you know, make the best of this? But I always had a thinking mind. So, like, I was truly, like, I guess what you call it, like, coach on the floor, right? So I was, like, really good. And uh, I was good enough to, you know, obviously do high school and stuff like that. But the funny thing is my high school teammate, who was a lottery pick in 2003, was my backup in high school. And so we always laugh about it. Like when people are like, oh, so I was like, I could play a little bit. So I went, you know, I went to college. I like, I was really small physically, went to junior college, um, left to junior college and ended up back in Nevada, Reno, where I went to play. But after like transferring and doing all kinds of stuff, like I took summer school because I was huge in academics. I was like almost finished with school. So I was like, ah, I don't even want to like add extra credits. So then my buddy gets drafted. And he's like, yo, I made it. Like, move out here with me. Like, come work with me. I was like, all right. So I started, like, training. And it just led to different players because I had access to doing that. So I was, like, working with different, like, NBA guys because everybody comes through Vegas in the summertime. And so I was like, oh, well, Peanut, like, yo, I'm here. Like, you know, I hang out with my buddy, whatever. So I got to working out. Then my buddy started the AAU program. And so I started like coaching on an AAU program, doing that whole circuit. But at the same time, I was like training people. And literally, this is how I was making money. I was like training people on the side and then doing AAU. And AAU led to just like more and more handshakes. And then I kind of just made a name for myself in Vegas. Is like, this guy, Peanut, is like the guy who can like get you better, so on and so forth. And um, by luck and chance, Gary Payton the second. So Big Gary the glove played with my buddy in the pros, but we were already like cool. Nice. And he lived in Vegas. So he's like, oh, I got some boys. Like, you want to work with them? I was like, yeah, I got you. And um, I started working with the youngest son, actually. And little Gary, or GP2, was sitting on the couch. And I'm like, bro, like, what are you doing? Like, let's go, like, hoop. And he just kind of was like, ah, it's just really ain't my thing. And I'm like, yeah, well, beats getting yelled at by your dad or make you clean up or, you know, whatever. 
So he came and he joined like the AU team. And then like, we just started working like, like really, really close. And he, you know, like went to college and all that kind of stuff. Well, he was bouncing around and Milwaukee had signed him. And I was uh, sitting at home in Big Gary calls like, hey, let's go to Milwaukee and watch Gary in the playoffs. I was like, all right, cool. And this is how like basketball is so weird and how it works. This was like a Monday. He calls, let's go like Thursday. I was like, all right. So Tuesday, my buddy's agent, who we ended up being friends because he represented my buddy like his whole career. Um, I asked, I was like, do you know anybody that let me do like pre-draft? Like I'll pay for it. I just want to go and kind of see what it's like. He was like, oh, let me make a few calls. So then, like, Wednesday, we left to go to Milwaukee. I'm sitting in the practice. J.K. was coaching at the time. I'm sitting in practice, and I get a phone call from my buddy's agent. He's like, yo, where are you at? In the gym? I'm like, yeah, but not, like, working people out. I'm actually in Milwaukee getting ready to watch Gary. He's like, it's funny. I just called the GM over there. And I was like, I just met the GM. He's like, let me call you back. So he calls the GM. And as he calls the GM, the GM comes back in. He's like, are you peanut? And I was like, yeah, I'm Peanut, but I introduced myself by my real name. You know, it's Daryl Jordan. And he's like, oh, I just talked, you know, to Mike. He's like, come talk to me. So I go to his office, and they just asked me, like, what have I done? And I was like, man, I'm, like, grinding. Like, I've trained people. I've worked at AAU. I've coached junior college. I've helped kids. I've, you know, did numerous college basketball camps or whatever I could to, like, get my, you know, hands wet, my foot in the door or whatever. And so he's like, wow, that's crazy. And then I left. I came back out that year for pre-draft. So I'm like 11 days set up, hotel, paid for myself. I'm like, you know, oh, man, I get to like see what it's, you know, what it's like on this side. He's there one day, and I'm like working guys out doing whatever, and he takes the Orlando job. And so I call my buddy like, yo, he left. Wow. Like, what? Am, like I'm here. Like, I don't know nobody here. You know what I mean? Like, um, except there's one guy that I didn't know that named Monty Buckley. Who um, he played at Cal with J Kid. He's like a, a huge like guy in my corner. You know, he's always told me like Peanut, like you're great at like training people. Like, like keep doing it. So he was there. I'm like, what? Like, what am I doing? He calls my buddy. It's like, yo, I like this kid. And, like I seen him, you know, one time, and like he just got the guy's attention. And like a year later, they called. I'm like working like a regular like nine to five training on the side. Like, dang, like what's going on? Get a call. It's like are you willing to move to Orlando? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you got a job for you. I was like, I'm in. I like put in my two, I was like, I put in two weeks at the job. Like, you know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, do whatever. You know, you got time in summer league. Blah, blah. I'm like, cool. I put my two weeks in. I went to Orlando and then got to Orlando, worked with that staff, had the opportunity to go with Markel Fultz when they traded for Markel Fultz. Took that opportunity with Markel Fultz. Um, Worked with him, like they sent me on assignment where I was like in Cali with him the whole summer, like myself and like another coach, just like working, 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 built that relationship, that trust. Then from there, the NBA life, as Vince would tell you, is, is very uh, <laughs> unnavigatable, <laughs> if that's a word. Like it's not as clear cut as what people think. And so mm -hmm. did my time in Orlando, got an opportunity to go to Minnesota. I uh, got an opportunity to go to the G League team, uh, went down there. I had a bigger role, uh, you know, whatever happens there as far as, like, the new front office and just the coaching changes in the G League is just so different from the NBA. Um, and that's kind of, like, how I set my time, and that's how you got peanut. <laughs> 
How, uh, how did you get the nickname peanut just out of curiosity? So, uh, I've always been like the smallest guy out of the crew, but I'm saying with the basketball player. So everybody's like, oh, it's the peanut of the crew, peanut of the crew. And then like, you know, oh, you got a peanut head. And it just like stuck since I was like a kid and like, it just never changed and I don't run from it. And there's people throughout the league who probably know my nickname before they know my first name, just because everybody kind of introduces me as peanut. And like I said, I don't run from it. It's funny because like in high school, I remember my first recruiting letter, the coach like was like, you know, dear peanut. I was like, oh, like he even, you know, so it was like kind of funny. And then uh, when I was working in Orlando, I think the only person that called me by my first name was the head coach. Like everybody else was like peanut, 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 peanut. Um, so it's just, you know, that's how I got it. Stuff. Right. Nice. Thank you. Cool. You talked about, you talked about how like, for some people that I know, especially for our viewers, because we try to give them a point of view. At least I always try to you know, being in a professional world and being in basketball, trying to be a part of NBA, you called it unnav. Would you say unnavigable? It's unnavigatable. Yeah, unnavigatable. Cool. And well, like you said, clear. It's not as clear cut as some people would think. So, how would you break that down to someone who's just like looking from the outside looking in? Because you know, we always got people that are just like you were there. You know what happened, or you know when they they, they don't fully understand the business side. Sure. So I, I would look at it like this. So I had the I would say luxury of, I came into the professional world because uh, my dear friend was the lottery pick. So I actually got to see like the hanging outside, like, oh, I'm one of the, the crew, the flunkies, the mm-hmm. so on and so forth, right? Um, and I saw how that was navigated. And then as I started like working people out, I got to move to the business side from a player development standpoint with where I'm dealing with players one-on-one. And I saw how they conducted business. And then when I got the opportunity to get to the professional side, I saw like how the whole system is ran. So why I say it's unnavigatable is if you look at like the last five NBA coaches that won titles, they've all been fired, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> good, bad, good, bad, or indifferent, right? It's just mm-hmm. front office changes or going in a new direction, getting younger, wanting a veteran staff, whatever it is. So it's not necessarily like how good you are because everybody – whether it's a coach, whether it's a player, whether it's a video guy, whether it's a front office staff, medical, whoever, right? They're mm-hmm. great at what they do. Like you're a chosen few, but it doesn't always align, right? So mm-hmm. you can have, I've always been told, always be ready. And that works for everybody. And I'll give you a, a small example. If you take Tyler Harrell got hurt, Duncan Robinson was paid a couple years before, but as soon as he got hurt and he got another opportunity to play again, it's like he never got off the bike, right? He right back in the flow, playing like he's always ready. And I think sometimes in this business, somebody gets hurt, that's your opportunity. And you're looking like, oh, you're playing on someone's downfall. It's not necessarily like that. It's we're trying to win. And if this is your job, whether you're the first man or the 15th man, when your number's called, you need to be ready like you're the first man called. And so people lose sight of that, like as far as players, right? They're like, oh, I'm never playing. I'm sitting behind this all-star. Yeah, you're sitting by the all-star, but like anything could happen, right? And whatever, anything, someone could take a day off, right? Like, oh, we're resting or whatever. You get your opportunity. Um, what's the young kid name in, in Brooklyn? Cam something? I'm Thomas. Cam Thomas, right. Comes in and gets 40. Bam, 40 again. Bam, 40 again. Then he's benched. Yeah. So, 
it's not that he can't play because you can see the play, but it's just the people in front of him have a more priority or they're, you know, a bigger role <clears throat> on the team. So you never know how it's going to go. You never know what coach is going to take a new job and bring staff. You don't know what front office is going to hire their guys. You don't know um, who's going to get hurt, right? That's the biggest thing from a player standpoint. You never know when your opportunity is going to come or why it's going to come because there's a lot of people who are like, man, he can play. He can play. He may not fit this NBA team, right? He may not fit this NBA role. He may not fit in the NBA, but he can play, right? You have to have some type of like niche, right? You got to, you got to feel. So you can't navigate that because you don't know. So all you can do is stay in the gym, get better, work on your game, ask questions, watch film, do all the things that you can control because a lot of it's out of your control. And it's the same way on the coaching side. Like you can't control what moves are going to be made. Or in some cases, like on the coaching side, you may not align with what the head coach believes, or you may not understand what the front office wants to do. And that's like a part that like you have to figure out. And it's not like you can ask a question, right? Like if I believe, well, I don't believe so much like this, but if I believe like, like let's say Vince says, hey, we need to shoot 33s a game. And I'm saying, cool, shoot 33s a game, but we have guys on our team who can make 50 mid-range shots and we struggle with the three. How do you align that up to make it all work? And if it doesn't work, then somebody gets moved on. We'll get a whole bunch of three-point shooters or we'll get a whole bunch of mid-range and change our whole game. So that's why it's hard to navigate. Agree. Agree. I, I agree. Uh, I know you touched on it a little bit when you were talking about the coaches and guys getting fired. I know Missy can attest to this because she's always sending me something when the coach gets fired or somebody gets hired. So um, what what, is, what would you say is, I guess, the brink of all that? Because like you said, it's, it's kind of hard to see or say, but you see these championship coaches getting fired and you see these guys who have uh, or even coach of the years. They were just a coach of the year last year and they're getting fired. So what would you say to uh, an audience out there that's kind of just trying to understand the flow a little bit um, from their perspective because somebody's on their favorite team or suddenly just they've never been behind the scenes. So just kind of get that little breakdown. So how, how I see it is if you if – you, it, it's not about basketball. As a professional athlete, Vince, you should know how to play basketball. I shouldn't have to teach you how to play basketball. Yes, I can help you become a better professional. I can help you get habits. I can help you uh, become better at like whatever your specialty is. But I can't teach you to play basketball. I shouldn't have to. So everyone there can play basketball. So you have to know like your role and what you do. But how the NBA kind of to me is now is it's more than like coaching. So I have to be able to get along with players. I have to be relatable with players. I have to understand what the front office vision is. So it's it's a it's a huge mind situation, right? Because if I'm telling you, you know, we're gonna run a pistol, I'm gonna show you one time. <laughs> if you don't get it, you need to come after practice and work with the coach or go watch film because there's not enough hours in the day to practice to get you better. And then if the front office, let's say, says, Hey, we want a coach that's gonna push the pace and we're gonna, you know, get up shots and blah blah blah. But I have a coach who says, Hey, I'm defensive oriented, and I really don't rest on How do you make that work? And that sometimes I believe, and again, this is my opinion. Casey was coach of the year. 
and then he lost his job. Um, and as he lost the job, he got another job because he's a, you know, a great coach. For me, Dwayne Casey can't coach. Ended up winning a championship. Yes, they made a few changes, getting Kawhi Leonard and so on and so forth. But it doesn't it doesn't say that Nick Nurse is such a better coach that he won a championship and Dwayne Casey couldn't do it. It right. was just the vision obviously didn't line up or they didn't have the right piece at the time that Casey was there. And that's happened, you know, to other coaches. It's just a matter of like everybody has to be on the same page. And yeah. one thing that I've learned, you know, about the business sometimes it's um they've worked with people. Right, like I'm an outsider. Like my my NBA coaching friends are always like, like you made it. Like I, you know, you made it like everybody else didn't make it. Right, um, you're like one of those guys who are an outlier. Most of these people know each other. They've worked with each other. They understand what they're getting from that person, so they'll rehire because they understand that vision. Or they, you know, say, hey, we like this vision, and we're going to add this to it so that this makes us complete and this helps us win. So it's it's not always about you know whether that person can or cannot coach. It's more about the pulse of the team, you know, the message getting through. Do you have all the guys buying in? Does the front office have the same vision as the coach? And when all that lines yeah. up, um, it usually works out. Now, I also was told uh, the way to win a championship is that a team that doesn't get hurt. And if you think about it, teams that are healthy usually last the longest, right? One injury can change your whole trajectory. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Misty, you have anything that you wanted to ask? No, I, I, I was just thinking the same thing. Like even, even working in major league soccer, I saw it Mm -hmm. all the time. Like we went through so many coaches because they may have been amazing with the team and the other assistant coaches, but when it came to the GM or the front office, things were lining up, right? It had to be on both ends, which is a huge job for any coach. I don't think a lot of people see that. So huge job on their end. It's, it's definitely more than X's and O's, like, especially like in the, basketball world like have someone that takes care of the statistical part of it you have someone that takes care of the player development you have someone that takes care of the x's and o's you have someone that takes care of the financial you have someone that takes care of the team needs so you have all these people that are doing different jobs and then you have to have the person that can deliver the message which is usually the head coach but he has to have all of the you know buy-in from everyone else or i have to get all the correct information you know, even down to the scouts. If if I'm scouting against Vince and I'm like, force Vince left and back off of him and let him shoot, like, well, that would be a bad scout because Vince is going to go left. He's going to hit a mid-range. And if you back up and he has time, he's going to hit a shot. Well, if I'm getting this information as a coach and I'm telling everybody this, it makes me look bad, but it's like, I'm getting information from this scout, right? But then you have other coaches who are saying, I've been watching film too, and I see that we shouldn't do that. So how do you, you know, like it, it's it's a huge tree, right? It's not just singular. Yeah. And and that's right. one of the greatest things that I learned is, you know, like you have to be great in your moment, in your time, like for what you do. And don't step outside that box unless, you know, you have that opportunity to step out of that box, right? You're a defensive guy, stick with the sure. defense until you get an opportunity to do offense. You're an offensive guy, stick with the, you know, offense. Like for myself, I try to pride myself that every person I've ever helped has gotten better. And I don't know a player who would say, I worked with Peanut and I it didn't get any better. So if that's my lane, that's my lane. Now the hard part to navigate, which I say is unnavigatable, is I'm more than just a player development. Like, God, that's just how I had to get in. 
Like I understand yeah. the defensive scheme. I understand how to talk to people. I understand the business aspect of it. Um, but you only see me as a player development coach. And I can be replaced by another player development coach who has more experience with bigger names, with better people, with yeah. more teams. Didn't necessarily say that I don't know what I'm doing. It's just I'm not that person's cup of tea or I don't fit that, you know, team's mold. I remember my first head coach in the NBA, he was like, you know, I've been doing this like 18 years. I've been fired nine times. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, because you move on to different teams because you have to fit whatever team that, you know, yep. works for you. And same thing with the players. Like, just because you play on this team, like, if you take excluding like a Dirk and a Kobe, right? This guy has LeBron. Well, not LeBron, but like the guys who played on a team, on one team for, you know, 15, 20 years, when the system starts to change, they're older. So you have to move on. Like Allen Iverson said it best, great players should never have to leave their team. But Philly was like, we're ready to move on from this. We got to the finals, MVP. We are not taking anything from you. And then from there, he had to play a different role. It worked in Denver, but it didn't work in Memphis. It didn't work in Detroit. You know, so it's like, well, I've been playing so long. Might as well move on. Right? Like, I'm a huge Carmelo fan. I think Carmelo can help a team. Absolutely. He's old. old, He has a role. And either he's not willing to take that role or teams aren't willing to pay this old guy who has a big personality who could potentially um, take over, you know, a team or take minutes away from a guy who they're trying to develop. Right, because right. every year someone's getting younger as someone's getting older. So it's like amazing for LeBron to be as old as he is and still after 20 plus points when you have a guy who's 18 who's like, I'm going to make my mark, you know, on LeBron every time I play him. You know, that's an every night thing for, you know, people. And that's everybody because even though you're playing on a team, it doesn't mean people aren't scouting to say, yo, he's going to be a free agent or, yo, you know, we might have an opportunity for this. So there's just a lot of things that go on with it. It's not just basketball. Basketball is what we're there for, but it's like, you have to be up on your stuff or you don't. You could lose that opportunity. For sure. We skip past a little culture perspective. Let's talk. I want to talk a little bit about your player development for those who don't know. Uh, Peanut, we actually worked together in Iowa last season. Um, Well, two seasons ago now if you count this season. And Great dude, man. Uh, I loved him. Straightforward, straight shooter. Like he said, you get better working out with him, and he's gonna—he's a good job at making guys know and understand their role, make them understand what's gonna get them to either to the next level or what's gonna get them on the court. So, and I know you work with somebody I know I played with, as you mentioned earlier, Gary Payne, the second. So, just kind of run run through that because I feel like you guys had a special bond and. Obviously, that's how we kind of got a little tighter when I got there is because we knew, like you talked about, you know this player, you know that player, and so that's kind of how these relationships form. So talk about how special it was to work with Gary and see him accomplish that with Go to State and where he started from to where he finished. Or not sure. finished, but where he is now. But he will be – I mean, he's not finished. He got some ways to go, but where he is going. Uh, absolutely. So uh, for those who don't know, so – Little Gary, as we call him, but GP2. Um, I had the opportunity like, to work with him as a young child when I was like working with other pros. And I was just like, come on. And, and the thing is, you know, shout out to his parents, Monique and, and Gary. 
um, they were hands off. And it was like, Peanut, like, this is what you do. This is your craft. You got it. But my thing was, at the time that I was doing this, I was helping other kids get into college. Like, that was my thing. Like, if I'm not helping a pro, whatever kid in school, and this was, I guess, the arrogance in myself, you can tell me this kid stinks. I'm going to show you that it's not stinky. And that's just because, like, I feel like that's who I am. You can say all this, but I'll prove to you. Like, no one thought I was going to make it, you know, to the NBA and to the G League to coach and all that kind of stuff. Like, no one picks me out in the crowd and says, oh, he's that guy. So with that, um, started working with Gary, and it just got more and more to a point where it's like, Gary, like, you can get an education, because that's my thing. I, I was always told, like, probably won't play pro, which I'm okay with that. But I can get an education. I was okay with that. So my thing was always telling people or the kids, Let's get the education. Like, if you get a $40,000 scholarship, it's easy to go tell your parents, yo, I need a brand new car. Because they've either saved up for money for you to go to college that they're not going to use, or they'll say, because I'm not paying for college, I can, you know, so that was kind of like the, the carrot that I would dangle. And so with Gary, um, working with him, it was like, you know, he has other things he wasn't know. He has dyslexia. So we had to, like, you know, fight those different um, ideals. Oh, I'm sorry. I was crying. Um, but with Gary, so we, we worked academically and we worked athletically. And in doing that, um, the best opportunity for him was to kind of step under my wing. And so I'd bring Gary when I go work out professional guys. I would bring other pro players like Rashad McKins would come to the gym and like talk to Gary and say, hey, I've been there. Let me show you. So I had friends that would say, like, listen to Pino. Like, he knows what he's doing. And with that, I had a little plan and I said, this is the plan. Like, let's go to prep school because no one's biting on you. Cause every coach would tell me, Oh, I don't think he's good enough. And I'm just like, he's good enough. You're just looking for the guy that looks like this when this guy can do what those guys do. So he went to the prep school. Uh, he did qualify out of prep, but there were small schools that were looking at him. So I was like, let's go the Juco route. He goes to Juco route, becomes all American. Now this whole time I'm like still working with him. So every summer, every opportunity, every break, I'm just wherever he's at, we go work. Then he um, comes down to when he's like who he is and all these Division One schools, and everybody's like, oh, he's going to Oregon State. But that really wasn't his first choice. And that's the funny thing. Like his dad went there, and they would like last on the recruiting trail. And it was actually Craig Robinson, um, Barack Obama's brother-in-law, who recruited Gary. I was like, wow. I like Gary. I need a Gary. I, I believe that Gary can do this. And then he got let go. So Gary's like, what do I do? So Gary actually is going to go to St. Mary's because he's from that Oakland area. Like, you know, his family. Mm-hmm. And he really liked St. Mary's a lot. So last minute, um, i never forget, we're on like a family group text. And he was like, I'll come down on my decision, blah, blah, blah. Gave this whole like, you know, speech. And then at the end, it was like, go Beavs. So everybody's like, oh, he's going to Oregon State. So that's how he told us. And then he went to Oregon State. And same thing, he worked, he worked, he worked. And then um, when it was coming out for the draft process, again, this is where the the game becomes different because of business. So I've been working with Gary since he's 12, 13 years old. And then the minute he turns pro, the agent steps in and sends him to someone else. And so it's like, screw peanut. That's and terrible. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I'm the type of person, 
if that's what's best for you, I would never put that pressure on Gary to be like, oh, I can't believe it because it's not his call. Now, luckily, he worked out with the NBA coach at that time um, who is a friend of mine. And he, you know, he's like a mentor when it comes to like the business side. He's the one who tells me all the time, you know, like you made it and you weren't supposed to. Right. Um, but he would call and say, you've done an excellent job with Gary. Right. So mm-hmm. Gary goes undrafted. And I'll never forget, we're at Top Golf. I had a little party. And when all the picks were called, like Gary's like, Peanut, like, meet me at the top. And like, at the top golf in Vegas, there's three floors. We're at the top. And like, everybody's like in shock and boo hoo hoo because he's Pac 12, like, player of the year. He's like, he's like two time defensive player of the year. His dad didn't even do that. Like, they got to the NCAA tournament. They hadn't been to the tournament since his dad was there in, in 90. Like, it was just crazy. And for him not to get picked, everyone's like in shock. Gary, we're sitting at the top. I'll never forget. We're sitting at the top. And he's just like, you know, peanut. everybody's like all sad, but like you and I. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, it's life, right? We'll get through it. He's like, yeah, but like, we've always been on the dog. He's like, so I'm ready to get to work when you are. And that's like the relationship that I have with Gary. So it's it's beyond basketball. Like I tell him all the time, like I, I, I could text Gary right now and say, I still think you're a crappy basketball player. And he'll just laugh. Like, he always said that. Even, even if I had a, you know, like I think he scored 50 in the G League. And I was like, yeah, like I could score 50 in the G League. Because that's that's kind of like my, you know, who I am and how that's I definitely you. Yeah, that's like, definitely you. If I mess with you, like I will heckle you every chance that I get because that's like my form of like caring, but also like I'll go to war for you, right? Like if you're yeah. stinking it up, I'll tell you. Yeah, you're stinking it up. So this is why you don't play. And so, like, now that he's uh, made it or signed a deal and so on and so forth, that's why, I like, Vince was like, oh, you're trying to flex. Like, so, for <laughs> me, it's not a flex. It's, like, a reward. Like, he calls and was like, what size ring do you want? Yeah. Like, when he, you know, won a championship. And I'm like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, it was like, a, it was a gift to me. And, you know, like, obviously, you know, I went to the finals and playoffs and you know, all that kind of stuff, like, because – that's just who he is. He's always like, he's rooting me on in my journey, right? You know, every time they play a team that I was coaching for, it's hugs and kisses at midcourt, you know what I mean? Laughs and jokes, like, you know, things like that. Um, and so, like, we have, like, a bond, but it's not like, I don't ever do that, like, oh, I'm the big brother thing. It's, that's not what it is. Like, Gary's just a, a young man who trusted me to help guide his career, but I tell people all the time, it's not me that does it. Like, I'm not putting the ball in the hole. You know what I mean? Like, you have to go out there and compete. You have to go. And even to this day, even when I was, like, in Orlando, even when I was in, you know, Minnesota and Iowa, like, Gary was still a call. Like, yo, did you catch that game? I'm like, no, because I'm, like, doing some other scouts or doing something else. Like, I don't have time to catch the game. Like, oh, man, like, well, if you got time, can you, you know, check and see? I'm like, no, I don't have time. Like, you stink. You know what I mean? Like, so that's just kind of who we are. And then, since I've had some free time, like it's back to the same thing. Like he's rooting for me right now, you know, to like land another spot because he believes in me and there's other players in the league who believe in me. Well, yeah, I believe in you. We all believe in you. I appreciate that. (laughs) It's just a matter of someone uh, giving me that real opportunity. But Mm -hmm. like I, I, I did the whole, uh, oh, be the video guy, work your way. It doesn't really even work like that. Like, yeah. there's a lot of video guys who have gotten jobs, but like, it's just the right opportunity. Right. And not every guy needs video, 
And then there's a lot of guys who need video. It's just a matter of getting in where you fit in. And I felt like as soon as I got the ball rolling, right, because I, I got a lot of press from Gary. And the funny thing is he's one of many people that have helped. But we just had that, as Vince was saying, like that relationship where it was a little different because any opportunity he gets, any article, magazine, you need to call Peanut. Like, he'll tell you the truth. Like, oh, like I remember I was in Portland when he first signed. He's like, oh, come to Portland. So I go out to Portland and he was on a podcast and they asked him, like, who's like the one person who, you know, like pushes you, got you there, you know, and everybody thinks it's going to be like, oh, my dad, oh, my dad. But his dad is like, yo, that's my son. Like, whatever he chooses to do, like, he's going to do. Like, I'm just the parent, you know, I'll guide him if he needs guidance. And Gary's always like, oh, it's Peanut. And I happen to be sitting right next to him. Like, he's like, oh, he's sitting right next to me. And they're like, oh, is he? So they're like, going on a podcast. I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, you know, it's not really my thing. Like, Gary's just a, you know, he's a little more than somebody that I work out. You know what I mean? Like, you, a, yeah. you a modest guy. You like to stick behind the scenes. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, my, my thing is, like, I shouldn't have to go brag and boast about how good I am. It yeah. should be, Vince should go tell somebody. Y'all tripping. I know somebody. You know what I mean? This person should go, like, someone should see that. Or someone should ask. Like, the GM who's in uh, Orlando, like, he asked about it. Right? So he got to know, like, the inside of me. And then when the head coach hired me, it was like a reference. Like, hey, I I believe in this guy. You know, so. And then when we all got fired, it was like, peace. Like, (laughs) a new coach coming in with his people. You're like, oh, okay. (laughs) That's that's the way it goes. Yeah, it is. Well, we're gonna switch up gears a little bit. We know we got Game Seven, the two best words to hear in the sports industry. I know who Misty is going for. Peanut. (laughs) First of all, Peanut, who do you think is gonna win this series? So I'm gonna go with Miami, Mm. and I'm gonna go with Miami because (laughs) I think. For me, and again, this is my mindset. I'm not trying to be the first team to cheat down, you know, be a 3 0 and then come back and get hot. So I like, I am like, you know, they say leave everything on the field. For sure. I, and this, and I, and I will tell you this like, it's an opportunity to be inside the bubble, right? So mm. I actually got to see, like, everybody sees that picture of like Jimmy Butler, he's like hovered over like the stanchion, like out yep. of breath, like the bubble yeah. basketball. For those that didn't get to like experience it, it was some of the best basketball because it was only basketball. So when it was over, right. it was like, what are we doing? Oh, they're gonna go eat. They're gonna go hang out with their other teammates. They're gonna, and it's back to the gym. Yeah. Back to like it was just straight. There was no outside noise. So when they like gave it yeah. their all, like they gave it their all. Like the Jamal Murray, I think it was uh Donovan Mitchell, like 40 point game yeah. back with mm-hmm. that, like. It was like it was almost like a super intense, like street ball AAU. Fact, yeah, it was like everything of basketball, like any basketball, <laughs> like little kids basketball, is everything combined, yeah, yeah. like because they were like playing their hardest. So like like AAU me, days almost. Yeah, like you just play, and so for me, yeah. I see Jimmy and that team doing that. Now. Mm-hmm. Being that I've like been in Boston, because that's where my buddy was drafted. Nah, now you're gonna give us the devil's advocate, man. No, I'm just saying, like, those fans, 
that energy, you know, that just it it can like make you look around and look in the raptors like, man, look at all these banners, like the luck of the leprechaun is here. Like you you can feel that yeah. from a fan. So I could imagine yeah. from a you know player standpoint, but for me, I'm going, I'm thinking Miami's gonna say, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, lose this 3-0 lead. But if I had to pick, I'm gonna definitely go with uh, a tie. How about that? Yeah, Ty, Misty, Misty, get him. You want to tell him? You can't remain neutral. You want to tell him? I'll let you. I got to remain neutral. Somebody might hire me on either squad. (laughs) You both, you both are like, wait a minute, we're we're still here. Um, We still (laughs) still in the world. I I would say my, I would say Miami. Miami. I will give you that. I think Jimmy's a wild card right now, right? You're either going to get the best of Jimmy, or you're going to get so-so Jimmy, and. Not knowing which Jimmy you're going to get tonight, it's hard to say. But I have to say, I feel like I feel like the Celtics are on one right now, and I feel like I feel like they're going to break a record tonight. I feel like they're going to be the first NBA team to do this. I just have a feeling, mm-hmm. right? And if if we are firing on all cylinders and our defense is clean, and we Whoa, are not, you said if we are fire, like you're part of the team, but. <laughs> <laughs> you, have a jer- you have a jersey that we don't know about? Like, Wait a minute. I, I actually, I, I did. I took it off. Uh, I wore it to work today. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. She was trying to come on so. the podcast unbiased. She's biased right now for sure. I'll pick Celtics in seven. I, I did. Even after starting down uh, 0-3, I picked Celtics in seven. So you did. I'm you said, and I quote, I have it on text. You said Celtics in seven. Even when we were down zero and three, I would I would tell you this, like, I, so I'm a huge Jalen Brown fan, like huge mm-hmm. Jalen Brown. Like, if he would call me and say, "Hey, come work me out," I I, I can add some <laughs> shit to his game. Like, <laughs> like a huge fan. I just think like the, the the reason why I like this series, they are two. As I always say, like a lot of you people say, "Oh, I'm a dog. I got dog." Like these are two pit bull dogs. Sometimes you got some pit bull puppies, right? Oh, you're a dog, but you're a pit bull puppy. These are like two grown pit bull dogs yeah. going after it. So, yeah. so you're right. You don't know what Jimmy you may get, but at the same time, you don't know what Celtics mm-hmm. because the Celtics are like, to me, the young kids in the schoolyard who are tired of getting bullied by the OG bully who's running. But the OG bully's like, I'm still the OG bully, right? And it's <laughs> like you have like Eric Spolster, right? This 15 year tenured coach who's won it. You know, and then you have this, you know, Joe Mazzula, who's like, yo, it's my first year as the head coach. And, like, I'm showing you, like, I should be in this seat. You know what I mean? Even down to, like, you Dallas Haslam, right? UD, like, he might not play. He's still, like, don't make me get out there and show you. All. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, it's just, so, like, I'm excited to, to, to see this. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I think, what do you think, what would you think the Heat has to do tonight, being on the road? Going into a game seven as crazy as the atmosphere, you know how it's gonna be. If you was a if you was giving anybody on the team or giving the team some advice, any type of tips on the game, like what do you think they would need to get done in order to get this game won tonight? All right, I'll give you two things. If I if I were giving my Miami Heat pep talk, yeah, right, my pep talk is we're here for a reason. You guys know what you're capable of. Yes, we've had a mishap here or there. I mean. Look how we played last game and the shot that beat us. Right. I would almost take that every game if that's how I had to lose because it was like, I'm not going to say a freak accident, right time, right place, right? 
Mm-hmm. So you don't have anything to be ashamed of. So go out there and just be the Miami Heat. Now I'm flipping. If I was in the Celtics locker room, <laughs> I would say they are scared. We're, you know, we're, they're down. Like we are, <laughs> we are hawking them. We are coming. Like they, they don't know what to expect. So just I don't. the pressure on them. So it's like that's how I would if I was in either locker room. But for the Heat to win, it's play Miami Heat basketball. Don't rush. Grind it out. Defend every single possession, even the timeout possessions, and make them make a mistake. I agree. Yeah. He got me on that one. He, he always stayed in the neutral zone, so I got it. I'm not. I'm, I got I'm, I gave you. you I'll let, I'll let you live. live. I, I'll let you live. I'll let you live. I I'll let you live. <laughs> mm. We we talked about um, you know coaches, players. How you feel? What is you know? And probably I don't want to get too personal for you because I know you like to be behind the scenes. But what do you see as your goal? You know that you're going to next season because, like I said, you got guys that believe in you. I believe in you. you know players believe in you because we actually work with you firsthand. What is it that you can see yourself getting into? You know that that's going to be coming up for yourself, unless you want to keep that under wraps. I won't gotta you don't gotta disclose no, no, no. that. But no, there's no uh, you know me Vince. I'm open book. You know if I, for I sure. believe that information is going to be used positively. So mm-hmm. for me, in my basketball world, how my thinking is right. Like I would want to do what I've done. Right, I've done video. I've done assistant coaching. I want to be a head coach. I want to move to the mm-hmm. front office and be a GM, and I want to eventually end as a president. However that looks, that would be the steps I'd like to take. But if someone calls me right now and says, you want to GM a team? Yeah, if I, you know, why not? Right, you know, he's gone, the yeah. Steps if I had to, right. you know, the knowledge, right? Um, but as far as for me, like, there's there's a few coaches out there who I have befriended and they've seen my work and they trust. And it's just a matter of, like, them getting a head job. And if they get a head job, um, I'm hoping to get that call. And I stay in contact, you know, with, the people that stay in contact with me and I, I reach out um, and I, and I'm type of person and then, you know, I don't, I don't reach out cause I need something. I reach out because I truly respect, you know, the person that I'm reaching out to. Like I don't have any right. animosity, ill feelings. Like I tell people all the time, this is a luxury job. Like this isn't a like career. Like mm-hmm. not everyone can apply to be an NBA coach. Right. Like you have to work and you have to get lucky and you have to get the right break and it's timing and it's, it's God, it's, you know, all that. So if my career ended today, I could say, um, you know, I've worked with the NBA team. I've worked at the G League. I have a ring and I have a lot of personal relationships that I, you know, cherish because of basketball. Um, but I'm not done. And, you know, there's a couple jobs open. There's a couple people that I know who are, you know, getting those jobs and there's you know one in particular who i think um had things went well the other year and he had taken a job i know for a fact i probably would have had the opportunity to you know move to that squad and i you know potentially wouldn't have been with vino right um i know there's some g-league jobs and situations but um for me the g-league i have to have a a more clear cut defined role. Like if I was selfish, I need to be the head coach. Like it's cool being an assistant and I love being the assistant. Um, I did well as the assistant, but I also like, I understand basketball. I had a great, I had great teachers along the way, 
and I had a great teacher, my first experience in the NBA. So I get it. Like, and I understand it. So for me, um, you know, I'm still hoping to cram, but like I said, at the end of the day, I mean, like healthy family, you know, healthy mindset. Um, I'm smart enough to get a job, right? Like a, you know, a working job. Like, a, you know, so I, I've never been scared of work, but I just know my passion and what I believe in. And, you know, I, you know, I know God's going to open the door for me in the basketball world. And when he does, because of what I've learned, I get it. You know, I, I came in naive. Oh, I worked for this team. I worked for this team forever. What? Like, <laughs> it's over. You know what I mean? Oh, to another team. Okay, cool. I'm there. Oh, I'm do that. Mm-hmm. It's over. Like, you just, and it's things that I couldn't control. So I can only control me. And that's why I think the relationships that I have, like, if certain coaches get jobs, that's just kind of what they do. Like, I like this guy. I know how this guy works. So this guy's a really good reference. And I trust the person that he got the reference from. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I'm doing this, like, getting into this is, like, on my own. Like, I, I haven't had any help other than being in the right place, shaking the right hand, and, like, doing the right thing. And right. the one person that helps me is a, is a dear friend. And if I'm like, yo, make a call, you know, they make like, before I got in, like, Gary's mom would be like, I, you know, hey, I know this person. And she would just, like, introduce me. And so it, nothing would come from it, but she was just like, you know, my son, why can't I help you? I, you know, I can introduce right. people. I don't, I don't know if they'll help you, but I can introduce And Just the introduction allowed people when they saw me in different spaces. Oh, hey, I met you through Gary. Oh, I, oh, I met you through Monique. Oh, I met you through little Gary. You know, things like that. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't know that, that was your buddy. So that worked. And then, you know, my other buddy who, you know, I'm like, needs to make a call. I got you, Pina. Like, no big deal. And he's been knowing me since, you know, I was 22 years old. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, 20 plus years later, you know, this person's like a friend of mine who like believes in me and believes in my abilities and he'll make a call. So we'll see. But I tell you, they don't want me, they don't want me to be the head coach. <laughs> I'll be I'll be everywhere. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. If it's if it's meant for me, I'll get there. For sure. Most definitely. Misty, is there anything else you want to touch on with uh, Mr. Peanut here? <laughs> no, I think I think just the way that you talk about it, you seem very passionate, and I'm a huge believer in the way that the universe hears us. So I think you're already visualizing that. So I can't wait to see where you are soon, right? That's how it yeah, works. Hopefully. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. Before sure. we go here, I don't want to hear yeah. and I don't want you in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of Celtic Heat win, who wins the finals? If I say if the Celtics win, who wins the finals against the Nuggets? If the Heat win, who wins the finals against the Nuggets? I need a prediction, Peanut. The Nuggets. I'm, I'm going to go with my boy AG from <laughs> the Nuggets, right? You know, AG. So AG's like one of my guys. Yeah. Like, uh, I just had to make sure I wanted to see where your loyalty yeah. line at right there. Yeah. Okay. Like, listen, I, I was, I was uh, having a text conversation with um, some friends of mine, like one that still works in Orlando and another one that worked in Orlando. And like, um, AG made like this rap song. And in his rap, he was like, uh, ADMs is a bargain. Talking about like he got an $80 million contract extension. He's yeah. like, that's a bargain. And so I sent that. And like my buddies were like laughing, like, oh, I can't believe you did that. I was like, he might be right. He's in the finals. Like, you know, yeah. like, you know so um, I root for good basketball mm-hmm. all the time. But, you know, I'll give the slight edge to AG just because like I was his rebounding guru when I was in Orlando. I was 
chasing every rebound possible for AG, but he's like, so, <laughs> I'll go ahead nice. and those guys. Very yeah, cool. Very That's cool. all I got on my end, Misty. I don't know if you had anything else that you wanted to ask. I got nothing else. My stomach is starting to growl. I'm like, I hope that's not showing <laughs> the microphone. Uh, uh, <laughs> Somebody can hear that. <laughs> well, I tell you this. This was this was wonderful. I appreciate it. Then you know, I always I'm gonna always be peanut. You know what I mean? So I always say sure. something crazy, and you know, <laughs> hope the family's well, all that. But this this is a blessing. I appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, this is awesome. I can't wait to you know go follow and watch and do what I do. Um, but Thanks I thank you for, for the opportunity. On. No, absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me. We appreciate you, my guy. Thank you for yeah. joining us. Always, thank always. You. Thank you for sharing your story. It's, I always oh, love thank to hear these stories. So. Yeah. Appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. Perfect. Well, I think that is all we have for this week, you guys. This episode will be out, crazy enough, <laughs> the day after Game 7. So we're going to see how it all unfolds. I want to thank everybody for <laughs> I want to thank everybody for tuning in again with Sports and Ish with Miss TV and Vince Edwards. So we are on every single podcast platform. That is Apple, that is Spotify, that is iHeartRadio. We are everywhere. We are also on YouTube at Sports and Ish. We would love it if you could like, rate, review us. We really, really need that. So come through with that. If you guys have questions, message. You can message on Instagram. You can message on YouTube. You can find us everywhere, including Twitter. Have a great week, guys. We'll see you soon.